Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puck Cast. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. John, we have some stuff to talk about. We do have some stuff to talk about. I think we have to start with you. And with me? Yes, with okay. you. And say congratulations. Not only did you pick the sweep last weekend right. at Cairo College... But the Mavs currently sit in fifth place, which is where which you is predicted. the goal I've had for this team since last September. I sitting there on Saturday night, the game's almost over, and I'm thinking, crap, I'm gonna have to talk to John, and he's gonna be right with the whole fifth place thing. And look, they've worked their way back to fifth place, and fifth place is a lot different than eighth place, and it's a great position to be in at this point in the season. You us, get... yeah, us and other people have talked about how close that kind of really right now, two through eight at this point in time can move fairly easily in one weekend, it depending is. on who's playing. Who. And you've got to be careful. You've got to stay competitive. You've got to keep winning, mm-hmm. tying, winning in three on three and shootouts to get, you know, an extra point with a tie. You've got to keep doing that for the next you know month or two to stay in it because otherwise if you get too far afield it's you're going to dig yourself a hole that you're not going to have enough games to get out of so uno is in prime position with 10 games left to go after after this series at colorado college this weekend it's that time of year in the nhl with the all-star weekend kind of coming to a conclusion it's the back half of the season and they always talk about teams that control their destiny you know, teams that are in the playoffs currently that just have to essentially keep pace with the teams that are trying to catch them. You don't have to be amazing. You just have to hold your own and don't be terrible kind of thing. And the Mavs are in that position, right? Like, you're sitting right. in fifth. Right now we're sitting in you're fifth. You're in striking distance of fourth. With 18 points. Yep. In fourth place is Western Michigan, who comes in next weekend. They're sitting at 25 points. So we're seven points from them. So we can't catch them next weekend. But I'll tell but, you. But I'll tell you what. A sweep would get us within one point, and it would be huge. It would be fantastic. Because at that point in time, you're looking at going, what we've got, five, four or five series left, right? Yes. As of as of right now, we have five series left. Five so we series. Have Ten conference games. So left. you'd be one point back with eight games. Eight to go. games to go. Yep. And all you have to do is be two points better than Western Michigan and you've got yourself home ice in the playoffs. That's right. I mean, that's that's the kind of position that we talked about at the beginning of the season that they would love to be in, that you were supportive and thinking that they would be in. That's the position I want them to be in. Because fifth place, I know that a lot of people look at it and say bottom half is bottom half, but fifth place is a lot different in this conference than eighth place. And if, if you can keep yourself... Right there in the middle of the pack at the end, who knows what else will happen? I mean, you're going to have to win some games the next couple of weeks, and we've got a series against Colorado College. We've got a series at Miami. Those are series where we match up well against those teams. I mean, I think we match up well against Miami. We didn't take care of them back in November like I thought we should have, but they've got some series, and, and if they could just get themselves into a position going into that final regular season series at Baxter Arena against North Dakota, that could be very exciting. A very, very fun atmosphere to watch as a fan, to to be a part of as a player. Because you and I both know in college hockey, postseason hockey is 
it's the best. It's a lot of fun. And it's even better yeah. if UNO is a part of it. So they have an opportunity. So I'm very excited that we got the sweep out at Colorado College this weekend. And it was first period Friday night. I got to be <laughs> honest with you, Jason. I <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was going to happen. We saw a little bit of everything in that game. There was... Yeah, we have to talk. I think the shocker was Seville getting pulled. It was. In the first, what, five, five six minutes of the first period? Yeah, it was early on. And we, we were down three to nothing at that point. And, you know, obviously being on a travel weekend for us, for the kids, you know, I'm around a bunch of UNO fans that are watching the game with us and stuff. And there was some chatter about how bad was he playing and... Like, I remember thinking, I didn't think he was playing that bad. No. I don't think he was playing the way Seville's played, certainly the weekend before. No, he didn't play the way he did in, in the Denver weekend. And that's, obviously, you've got a young goal goaltender. Um, you've got a young team in front of him in a tough conference. You know, they're going to be up and down yeah. games. And that was when they get down three to nothing. And that third goal that Colorado College got was a shorthanded goal. So I think that was kind of the kicker there at that point. And that was the 8.33 mark in the first period. So it was... But I just don't think any of them... Well, I don't know. I'd say two of the three were not his fault. No, I would agree with like that. Like the shorthanded one? I would agree I with mean, that. How, I was kind of... As a team, you have to look at that going, we failed him more than he failed yeah. us. I was surprised. It kind of looked like they... I mean, they looked ugly that first period. And honestly, the first period both nights, Colorado College played well. But at that point, you're thinking, we're down three to nothing. Where's it going to go from here? And fortunately, Abate gets a goal, the next goal. Shorthanded. Yeah, shorthanded, unassisted goal, which was fantastic. So um, he got a goal, and then Polkanen got a goal. So it was three to two after the first period. But by then, Austin Roden was in net. And thankfully, Austin Roden got some playing time while um, – uh, Isaiah Seville was with the uh, World Junior team right, right around the holidays, which is good. It's 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 a positive for us to have two guys who can go in there and play. I know during the you know Evan Wenninger era, it was kind of Evan Wenninger and Evan Wenninger and Evan Wenninger. I mean, right. every once in a while, uh, Blankenberg would come in and spell him, but we did not have a, a a capable number two goaltender during those years. Yeah, I mean, there just was that that clearer number one, number two kind of yeah. set up. And it, it seems like, I think it's a, you know, to, to most fans, it's obvious Seville is the number one, but yeah, you're not, you don't have a huge drop off going to Roden. You don't. And the, the thing that Seville brings you and the thing that we love about him is he has that, you know, just like crazy ability to make, you know, one or two just hellacious saves that just kind of defy physics during a game. And so right. that obviously we've seen some of those the last no, few weekends. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that was, so it was a surprising move, but thankfully Austin Roden came in and he played solidly the rest of the game. And the Mavs only gave up one goal the rest of the way and they scored six. So. Yeah. I remember thinking when Abate scored that, you know, if we could get one more before the end of the period, because I mean, we were still halfway through at that point in time. So it wasn't like we were running short on time. I'm like, it's 3-1, and, and we've got 10 minutes left in in the first period. And I think if we could get one more, we could go into the locker room 3-2, I thought. I felt we had a good chance of, of finding a way to maybe get at least a point out of this or something. Yeah. Uh, 
And so Polkanen's goal, I that was just awesome because I was like, that's right where we needed to be. We need to come out strong. Yeah. I always worry about second periods with this team for some reason. They always seem to have poor performances in the second period. Yeah. Uh, but they but they played solidly the second period on Friday night and and you know they were able to tie it up and then Colorado College gets their fourth goal of the game so at that point you're you and I are probably on the same page we're thinking let's just you know tie this game up hold the tie get to overtime see if we can get a point maybe two out of this thing and yeah well Stewart's Stewart ties it up on the power play yep and that. That's one of those things that we really needed. That was a great goal too, yeah. A couple yep. a couple times. We needed good power plays, timely power plays. Yep. And that was one of those timely power plays. We really needed a goal, so it was nice to see Stewart come up big in that situation. Uh but yeah, then in But the... then we give up one. And that's that's the part that I'm like, Colorado College doesn't have a great power play. Well, and Colorado and... College doesn't have you know, outside of Wilkie, they don't have a lot of guys who put up points. So that was yeah. that was kind of surprising too. I mean, they were they were staying with us kind of goal for goal, point for point at that point. And you're like, right. where's the team that held Denver last week? You know, it's it, it was it was kind of a struggle. But I'll tell you what, the third period was kind of all UNO. We we really pressed the play. Yep. And I think that that helped us. We get the tying goal. Uh, what like four minutes? Yeah, four like, minutes in, like three and a half minutes in. Yeah, yeah. And I really thought at that point in time, the way we were playing in those first few minutes, that we we're gonna. I thought, especially with that five-minute power play to to start. Yep. I mean, you knew you had to score at least one on that. Yeah. If you wanted any chance of being in this game, you had to even the score on that power play. Otherwise, I don't know very many people would say you're gonna have you know much of a chance. But I think that really helped us kind of establish the way that we were going to play in Cairo College, um, having even more ice for, you know, guys like Weiss and Brichette and Nabate and that stuff. Yep. Just really helps. And, and then, and then, and then the we game, go through this like yeah. back and forth yeah. and we're just like chance after chance going, Oh my God, are we going to the snake? And then the game winning goal now, it kind of it started off, Primo had the puck kind of down low behind the net. And the thing about the Olympic-sized sheet is all of that real estate behind the net to work with. It's crazy. Yeah, so for those who don't know, you've got an extra 15 feet left to right uh, on yep. the rink. And then they move, because of that, they move the goal line ahead. So your neutral zone's smaller. And... Crazy. It feels like you're. It yeah. feels like you're in the the middle of the. It feels like your nets in the middle of the defense. I mean, it's yeah. It's it. It is comes up on the goal line. Sneaks up on you pretty quick in a, on Olympic sheets. Yeah. Yeah. Primo had the puck back there, if I'm recalling correctly, right along the boards, and a in a Colorado College player engaged him. So the puck was just kind of sitting there, and along comes Tyler Weiss. He picks up the puck and he just goes in and wraps it around. And shoots through yeah, the he five hole. Dunks it five hole. Yeah. Um, Vernon is the was the yeah. name of the yeah. Yeah. So that was I bet you were excited. That was a pretty sweet goal. Um it was it, it was almost a disaster. It was. We we had at that point in time, because it was a late start for us. Like I think it was like an eight a, wasn't it like an eight thirty game time? Yeah, it was a central time. It was central, like eight 
Yeah, eight eight. I think it was eight thirty. I think it was seven thirty in. It felt late, Colorado. It felt late, and so we were done. We were back at the hotel. We had gotten so far into the hotel that we had gotten kicked out of like the the main lobby area. Where okay, because we be, we're too okay. Loud. So you're back. We're loud long. people. And normally, when you guys are on those road trips, I don't really text you guys. But then I, I texted you at some point for some reason. I can't remember Friday night what it was. Yeah, I know. But so they kicked us out and they put us in the pool because this this hotel didn't have like a conference room area that we could use. Okay. And because we're loud, they they wanted us somewhere where we so could be that's, loud and not So that's people. why you almost fell in the pool. I, I almost was, fell in the pool. And I was ex- like literally. I was exiled to the basement because I went down there to get my iPad, <laughs> yeah. and they scored two goals while I was down there. And Bridget's like, "Don't come back upstairs." <laughs> so I had to pull up the game on the Apple TV on my TV in the basement, which is fine. I spent a lot of time down there watching movies and and Netflix and all that other stuff. But I will tell you, I got kind of sleepy during that game, honestly. So, so that's when say, we started tweeting you guys. Thank God NCHC now lets us ha- watch yes, on more than one device, right? God, NCHC TV lets us watch it on more than one device because... Could you imagine last year you would have been down there going, what's the score, Bridget? Yeah, I wouldn't have been, Yeah, I would have had no idea. I would have had to like have her turn on Facebook Live on her phone so I could watch it downstairs because you couldn't do that. You would get a warning that you were already signed in watching it. So thankfully, they changed it up. So, but anyway, that was a great game. A six to four game. Martin Sundberg gets... Would he get an empty netter then? Yeah, he got the almost. Yeah. I don't know how he almost messed that up. He came in and he he got the puck low and he cut inside and I'm just like I'm watching him like spin around with the puck going, dude, just put it. The net's empty. Just put it in already. Like, that was awesome. That was in the closing seconds of the game. So we got that was a big win. That was a that was huge. And we like I said, we saw a little bit of everything. We saw the good Mavs. We saw the not so good Mavs. It was it was all over the place. But they found a way to win. Yeah, and I had said going into that that my concern was the Friday night game coming off of two big game series with North Dakota and Denver. That's if there's going to be a letdown game, it was going to be Friday. If we're yep. going to lose to a lower ranked opponent it's going to be that first time yep. you see them because it's that mindset of like i think i've got this and so for them to kind of overcome that and find a way to get a win out of that i thought was huge absolutely I, and after that i'm thinking we're going to win on saturday because their attitude just seemed to be their heads were in the right spot i was very confident for i felt guys. i felt confident after that friday game too although you never know i felt confident i'm like they, they got the three points this was a big win for them They've had a good first part of 2020 here. So going into the Saturday night, they did well. Now, Colorado College scored first. It was a scoreless first period. And then Colorado College scored early in the second period. And at that point, you're not nervous or anything at all? No. Nope. Okay. Quite honestly, no. I mean, I, w- like, I was thinking, all right, we're going to have to find a way to get in the third because I really didn't like the way we were playing early on in the second. Right. But... Seville's back in Ned, and he looked pretty good. He looked in the solid. First. Yeah, he looked good. Back to what I'd expect to see. He, him. he was he was the goaltender we saw during the Denver series and during right. the North Dakota series. So he was back on track. He just right. had kind of an off night. So, so yeah. And did so, you yeah, did I you really did you think at all? Because I you know Krutov, who's the Mad Boney driver, he called me and he's like, "Who do you think they start in net?" And this was uh, about three o'clock on Saturday, and I said, "I think they're going to start Seville in net." I mean, I I. Had no uh, no doubt about that in my mind. So yeah, I didn't. I a couple other people had asked me up there if Roden would get the start or if we'd see Zab. I'm like, you're not seeing Zab. I can tell you that right now. 
I'd say 95% chance you see Seville. Yeah. You're not seeing Zab, I don't think, unless, like, it's one of those situations where kind of disaster strikes and you try. And I I don't know. Do they have? They, they even have Zab with them on the road? I don't know. Probably not, because Probably they're not. only allowed to dress to. Yeah. So I doubt he was there, so. Yeah. I, okay. I mean, I guess I'd have to look it up. I, I believe he can travel with the team. Yeah. But... Then then it gets into like what's the university say right because they may look well, at it saying why why are we paying why you take to travel a, a kid that you can't why would play? you take a goaltender instead of a an extra defenseman forward or, or forward defenseman, yeah. yeah exactly so Tristan Keck our guy Keck gets the first goal for yeah, the Mavs in the second I've heard period nothing but this one yeah that's because that's because you have I know you're constant Jason's constantly apologizing for doubting Keck. I know. And he's I'm trying not through. to do it again right he's now. He's come through the last two weekends. So, I mean, I think he's I think he's back on track now. Last season was a tough one, but he's... He's all he's always played well. He's, he's a fast never, skater. Yeah. It's never a play thing. No. I just don't... I don't know why he has so many A-plus opportunities and just... He, last year he was snake bitten like crazy. I, and I know I'm rehashing. I think, I think but sometimes, it's just like... sometimes it's the it's the worst position to be, you know, one on none going into the goaltender. Sometimes that's the that's the worst. It's almost better if you're shooting through a crowd. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, definitely. I mean, there's less to there's less to be in your head because unless you're Tyler Weiss, because but... he seems happiest when he has the puck. And yeah. he seems happiest when he can go coast to coast all the way down the ice with that puck. <laughs> Deke around a few defensemen. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'd say his his couple shifts in the three-on-three overtime against Denver was an example of how if you give him the puck in time and space, you can just like... Yeah, exactly right. Put him on a... Putting him on a leash is pretty much impossible, I think. So yeah, Keck gets the Mavs on the board and then the Mavs score the next three. They cruise after that, so... Four to one win for UNO on Saturday night. That was a big sweep. Big like, sweep. Yeah, and Nola Sullivan's goal late in the second was the one that I really commend. That that I saw that one and went, yes, we got this done. Yep. For absolutely. Him. I mean, I know it's a two goal lead and the whole you know uh, worst lead in hockey, blah blah blah. But the guys looked good, and, and that was the kind big. of setup goal that that's just huge that was our first conference sweep since february 12th and 13th 2018 brent bean had that on twitter so i'll give him a shout out i'm sure he'll be talking about that on his podcast but that was big and it was the first road nchc sweep since 2017 yeah at colorado college and both of those were in february well there you go we have to middle of february February every time now (laughs) so we did well we did well. That's January, yep. so we're you know we're almost a month earlier here than we uh, were on those. So that was a great series, and I got to tell you, we've played three conference series to start 2020. Obviously, we had the series out at Maine, but our first three conference series of 2020 of a possible 18 points in those six games, the Mavs have gotten 11 points. That's a, that's a great way to start. I mean, if you told so, me we were going to get that many points against those a... teams. They're a college team. I would say it's appropriate to give them a grade on, on the this, first three series. The first three like, series. Would you give oh. them an A, a B, Ooh, B plus? I'm, what do you? I'm gonna say B plus. And B plus. I'm gonna say not quite an A. 
if they, if they, if they, I'll tell you what, if they'd gotten a win against Denver, if they hadn't lost it with just a few seconds left to go, was that the Saturday night game? Yeah. Yeah. If they hadn't lost that game with what, like 37, 38 seconds well, left? Well, yeah, it was the tie, but yeah. Because we, yeah, we let that tying goal in right at the end. Away, of it. Yeah. right at the end. If we'd gotten the win there, I think I would have given him an A, but I'll give him a B. Plus. That was a solid. Solid three weekends for him. Yeah, I would have said I'm pretty much right there with you. I'd give him a B. I okay, think that's fair. That two overtime games versus DU is huge. I didn't but, see that company, but you like. But if they, they didn't want get an that A, extra they had point. to find it. They yeah. had to find a way to get one of them. Yep. Yeah. At least, and then that probably for me that probably would have given them. I, I probably would have given them an A minus if they could have squeaked one of those out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with, with the way that Denver's kind of been our nemesis for so long, uh, and North Dakota is North Dakota. I mean, yeah, you really just kind of looked at this saying, man, six games, if we can win, I really thought if we could be 500, that would be awesome. Yeah. If we could win three of them. Right. Which would have been nine points. So so we came out a little bit ahead yeah. of, of what so, you were hoping for. So there's your C mark. Like for yep. me, that's what I thought. So that's my C mark. We performed better than my C mark. I think it's a solid B. Yeah. I wouldn't have a problem giving them a B plus as you. So I think that's a a good outcome. Who's your Who is your player of the weekend? Uh, my player of the weekend is gonna be Conley. Okay. I. One of the things that that stood out to me was. On the broadcast on Friday night after Cairo College had scored their third goal in that process of pulling Seville, uh, Conley, they showed like this pulled back view of a lot of the rink very briefly. Uh, and you could see Conley just gather a group of guys together and he was obviously having a conversation with them. And I think that that kind of showed to me like there's some leadership there that this group really needs. Right. And then not to just like lead with your mouth, yep. but he put up points on Friday. He put up points on Saturday. Uh, I think if I remember right, he got an assist on Weiss's goal that the game winning goal on Friday too. Yeah. So, all, they, all they have listed is uh primo, but, but we saw a lot of him on Friday night. Yeah. So. Cause yeah, I could have swore when they announced it, I, th- I, I thought I heard them say from Conley, but I could be wrong on that. Uh, but uh, he just, regardless, yeah, he seemed he seemed like one of those guys that you know in every aspect of the game yep. seemed to be performing. And we've talked about him, you know, needing to be a key guy for the Mavs because he has a lot of responsibility on his shoulders. He kills penalties. He's on the power play. You know, he plays five on five. He occasionally yep. will take face-offs you, you kind of rely on him to, to yeah play he, was, every he was he was he was an important uh, an important component on that team on mm-hmm. saturday night in particular and that that was uh that was a big game for him and and when he got that second goal for the mavs that really i think helped set the tone the rest of the way so i that's a great pick and i'm going to go because i don't think i picked him as my player of the weekend i am going to go with tyler weiss for the game-winning goal on Friday night, because that game, as I said, it was we saw a little bit of everything. It was all over the place, and that was a sweet wraparound goal through the five hole. 
And that's just what the Mavs needed. And that's that's the kind of goal that he's built for. So so I was glad to see it. He had an, he had an assist in the game. He had an assist on the pre the previous power play goal that Zach Jordan scored. So I gotta go, I gotta go with Tyler Weiss. That was a that was a big time goal and that was an important goal because if that game goes to overtime, I don't know what happens. And they really needed the points. So that was a big time goal at the end of the period. You could tell on Saturday night's game that CC had figured out that on the power play, you can't give we space. Right. And not because he's going to be, you know, he's not Morelli. Like it's not right. a it's not a goal scoring threat necessarily as much as it is he can see every it seems like he sees everything. Yeah. And if you give him too much space over there on that wing that they've put him yep. on, like he finds seam passes. He'll get the puck to the front of the Correct. net and you'll And he did that you're this gonna pay. The, the big ice sheet this yeah. weekend, he was able to do that. So he started seeing them put two guys on him on the power play. They'd swing one up high in the umbrella and they'd swing a second guy down low. And all of that's try to frustrate his passing abilities over there. Yep. And so I commend that's a good pick because anytime one player can get that much attention yep. from another team. You know they're doing it op- something It opens right. And it opens the door for another player to score, right. too. So, absolutely. Yeah. So, got to give some love to Tyler Weiss, and I think the Conley pick is fantastic. And it was a great weekend for the Mavs. It was great to get a sweep. Yeah. Great to get a conference sweep. They needed they needed those six points. And you know me. I'm all about the I'm all about the conference race, the points race at the conference. So, so we're seven points out of fifth place, and we've got our fourth place, and we've got the fourth place coming in in Western Michigan this upcoming weekend. So, that's that's setting up for a really huge series. So yeah, I I'm wonder if, I wonder how much Gabnet will draw attention to the standings because you don't want to put a whole lot of pressure on these guys. You don't like this is the series and it's the only yeah. Thing the, that matters this is the thing. pivotal the pivot the right the pit, whatever I can't talk Pivotable. right now. Yeah, it's the it's the what is the word? It's not pivotal. It's the whatever it is. I don't know. This is, I can't talk now. This is the, like, this is the critical juncture in the season and you must win now. You can't, you can't be too hard line on that because Western Michigan's a good team and Western Michigan just, you know, got a good sweep at home against St. Cloud State. So you've, you've got to, you've got to, but they have an opportunity here. This is a big opportunity for the team right now. Right. Big opportunity. I mean, you're sitting at, you know, one game above 500 you're 11 10 and 5 that's big so after coming off a nine win season last year that's right so and they've got a you know they're seven five and two on the road and we're four five and three at home let's 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 get up to 500 or better at home this uh coming weekend mavs that's my take on it we're typically pretty positive yeah I would say about, we're, you and I tend to be maps. pretty fair, pretty yeah. pragmatic. I yeah. mean, I, I'm not gonna like shy away from criticism, but I also yes. we've talked about this kind of off podcast. It's it's a little bit of a I don't want to say a rule to this, but we've never felt that it's okay to call a player out and specifically say like this player's terrible. Or right, exactly. Like you know, players will make poor decisions, and I have no problem saying you know that just wasn't the best decision and that was a poor you know poor choice of where to put the puck type of thing right but we've always kind of felt like as a fan base it's our job to support our team 
I think so. It's and it's we, it's always hard when you're dealing with fan discussion as it regards right. sports. It's like talking about politics. Yeah. You never know. But I think one of the things that I've really been aware of the past several years is trying to look for the positive in in any situation, if you can, as it regards the team. And, and last season was obviously an example of a tough situation. It right. Was, it was a difficult one. But I think, by and large, I think the fans tend to be pretty fair. Yeah. Uh, we talked recently about the coverage and... About the media the coverage or lack thereof that, and, that people often yeah. wring their hands about. And I, you know, we, we talked a little bit, but I opened up the newspaper and I was... I was extremely upset with the coverage with the lead into this article. And I think that we need to discuss it because I just, I question like we we've already questioned, is there a need for traditional media and obviously new media kinds of guys, like we're going to be critical of traditional media just because we feel like, Sometimes it's they old and and there's yeah. new things out there and there's new and ways. Sometimes of reaching sometimes and, it seems like they get favored, right, at the expense of everybody else just because of tradition. And so it's all I, about tradition. I'm like I'm sitting here on Thursday you're, going. You're you reading know what? an o- Omaha World Herald article. It was the series preview. Well, right? and I wasn't even reading the article. I you were on I Twitter. Just opened up the sports section. Okay, see, I was on Twitter. Yeah, well, that's yeah. See, I see, t- I reached out to you and you yeah. found it on Twitter. So. Yeah. I I have a problem with this because you come off this series against a team that you've you've traditionally had a lot of tough games against Denver and you haven't had a whole lot of success and you steal away two points because no one in college hockey gave you a long shot in hell of getting probably a point out of the weekend. I don't know very many people who didn't pick Denver to sweep you know. Yeah, I don't think very many. I mean, and, I, I picked a split, just right. just get, but, you know. But you're smarter than people who write for... Well, well I thank you for the, <laughs> the check is in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> you but can you just saw, slide it across the table. But you, but, saw, the, you saw the tweet, I, I can't remember exactly, it was, it was the tweet of the article, and I can't remember exactly how it was worded, but I think they pulled a line from, oh, you've got it. You've yeah. Got it pulled up right now. It so says, this, was on, this was on the 23rd, January 23rd, on the at OWHMavs Twitter account. So... Premises, our Mavs come up with big ties, big points, great games, extremely entertaining games, great hockey. Keep in mind, the Mavs have not been able to beat Denver since 2015. Right. You know, and they got a tie against against them late last season. Yeah. But they've, that's been a team that for whatever reason, we just haven't matched up well with. Right. Right. And the last few years. They lead with, despite coming up winless, <laughs> the team remains upbeat. And I'm that, thinking... That's definitely a glass is half empty comment. You know, if you're going to go with the, you know... Despite, like, you know... I get that. I th- get this idea through traditional media that the last thing you want is a fan writing articles because they get too jaded and... Like I've heard all those arguments, but at the same point in time, this as a as a fan of UNO, this kind of coverage is what makes me rather upset because I really don't think that after everything that that was positive that happened in that series to lead with, eh, you know, they're 
they didn't get a win, so but they're still upbeat that they're going to go play, you know, a lesser team. And I'm thinking that's they just had two great series. Solid play. games. They're playing great hockey, and that's that's what you pull out of two weekends of hockey. It was it was an odd word choice, and I I will uh, I will concur with that. And fans were obviously talking about that on on uh, Twitter. I don't. I don't know if Bridget addressed it or not. I think, as I told you, I was taking a break from MavPuck on Twitter this week. So I logged out on the Twitter app on my iPhone. So I didn't notice, but I did notice on, you know, I have another uh, other accounts that I manage and I did notice some of the fans talking about this. So we, it was, it was a weird choice despite coming up winless, you know, you could have done it, you know, I mean, you could, there, there are different ways you probably could have worded that. And if we had time for I mean, me to sit down simple. and craft it, you know, right? Like, you know, it could, Mavs it could have, perform well at home it, against Denver. It could surprise be, Denver, you know, with stealing you know, two or points could have or been, something. You know, after a, you know, the after a, after a, series. after yeah. a hard fought series that resulted in two ties against the number five team in the nation, the Mavs are upbeat about their road swing at Colorado College this right. weekend. They something like that. That's just off the top of my head. So, but this is what this is what we talk about and you we talk about the 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 lack of opportunities for new media to cover this team and it's something that we talked about a couple weeks ago. And it's it's something you'll you'll hear a lot of theories and there've been some theories that say you know, the UNO as an athletic department wants to, you know, protect the ability of the Omaha World Herald, KETV, WOWT, and KMTV to be able to cut this, you know, cover this team, go and get quotes at the post-game press conferences and the mid-game press, midweek press conferences, and that's why we're not getting the full broadcast of the midweek press conference via Periscope on Twitter like we used to, where we used to be able to watch the entire basketball news conference and the entire hockey news conference every week. Because they want to protect those media outlets. Mm-hmm. And my feeling is, if I'm UNO, I just want to get the information out to as many people as possible and get as many voices talking about my athletic teams, which is my product that I'm trying to sell to the public in terms of selling tickets, selling sponsorships, etc. I want as many people covering that as possible. And I sometimes wonder if you if you basically give what what are kind of like you know, targeted exclusives to kind of the legacy media, the print media, the TV guys, the radio folks, you know, are you basically setting yourself up for negative coverage? And there's really nothing you can do about it because nobody else is covering your teams. You know what I'm saying? And full disclosure, I will say, I didn't read the rest of the article. And a lot of that just comes from I I read that headline and that or that that lead art the lead the paragraph lead, right lead well paragraph. yeah I mean I read the headline and the lead paragraph and thought what do I need to read more negativity about this team uh, clearly I disagree with that negativity right. so what's the point and I'm just thinking but what about all these other people you know I don't know maybe maybe the rest of the article was you know widely positive I I have no idea I I would. But, is this is this a situation where, and I'd be really curious what you think about this. Okay. Is it possible to to be optimistic and supportive, but also critical? Yeah, 
I mean, you can be, I, I think it's, it's a, it's kind of a juggling act in a way. I think you can be, and again, I don't, I don't necessarily know that it's being optimistic per se. I think it's being, and I'm trying to think of the word. I think it's being, and again, I don't necessarily know that the windless comment was not being objective, but you know, I mean, technically they did go winless on the weekend. So obviously that's true, but I think that there's a way to handle this in such a way where I think it'd be, I, it, it's, it's a tough one because a lot of times when you're talking about the beat writer of a sports team, as opposed to like a, a columnist, you know, beat writers just reporting what's going on. A beat writer is not there to have a particular slant one way or another. They're just objectively there to report on what happened. They're there to go get quotes and feedback from the team each week. And they're there to report, you know, throw in some stats, throw in some figures and talk about the upcoming series and maybe give a little historical context. It's, you know what I'm saying? I think you can do that without really being critical at all or particularly positive or negative. Yeah, I think... I think sometimes if that seeps into an article, I don't necessarily think that that's a good thing that it does, unless you're an op-ed journalist who you're talking about the state of the Mavs and you're giving your opinion on the team. I remember, kind of like we do on the podcast where we, you know... Right. I remember back in... Back in my intro to journalism class in college, we had an entire week where we talked about selection bias which is, for those who weren't journalism majors, or for me, you know, a week's worth of journalism major before I switched to something else. <laughs> okay, that's... <laughs> Another topic, different podcast. Okay, Jason, uh, yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> like, the whole idea is that there's an intrinsic bias built into selecting what to report and when to report it. And that... sure. That should always be as you know, their their pitch to us as budding journalists was, you know, you should always consider where is your bias whenever you're picking what goes where, right? So I look at this saying, if I take this this concept of selection bias from my journalism class and apply this to this, this to me says that you chose to lead with a title a headline and an intro paragraph that focuses on aspects that weren't necessarily positive. And you could take that same information and still report that same information later on in the article and not make me as a reader feel like all you're doing is dishing, dissing the team that if, I if you're not watching. If you're not somebody familiar with the UNO hockey program, you would see the despite going winless last weekend, and you would assume, probably, that they lost those two games against Denver. Yeah. And that was not correct. Or, I mean, Or even if you wouldn't assume that, yeah. you'd assume that they didn't perform well, which sure. I think is also inaccurate. Sure, you could, you could read a number of different things into that for sure because of the way that it was worded. But my feeling is when it seems a lot of times like the Omaha World Herald essentially has an exclusive on as far as print media goes in this town. And I know that this isn't actually the case, but it does seem a lot of times like it's, you know, we'll give you, 
kind of sole coverage of our athletic programs is kind of sort of a quid pro quo. If, if we give you that coverage, hopefully you'll give us Kyle Minches and you'll give us positive coverage, et cetera. And sometimes that doesn't happen. And I think that that's, I think that that's one of the negatives with giving a handful of media entities so much you know, power over the coverage that the general public sees. I mean, it's almost like there's a monopoly. It is. In a way, it's it's like their monopoly. Like, I remember I used to do... I know there's multiple there's multiple entities that we're talking about. Right. But it, as an observer, like, it almost seems like you're essentially creating, like, this, this media monopoly where these are the people who get it, and they kind of write all the same kinds of things, and they talk right. about the same kinds of stuff, and they typically grab the same quotes and right you know when when really what if you if you want take a capitalist approach to it right like if you want a better product you need competition to encourage them to make a better product you you look at north dakota and there are a number of bloggers including a, a guy i'm i'm friends with named eric burton and there's another one called seymour sports and those guys on the on their blog cover the teams. They get media credentials to cover the team. They get to go down and do post-game pressers and get quotes from uh, the coaches and the players. And again, these are, these are fans like you and I mm-hmm. who have operations that are like this podcast, mavpuck.com, et cetera, but they are allowed to cover the team. And obviously Brad Schlossman of the Grand Forks Herald is a, is a great reporter. He does a lot of terrific coverage up there. But again, he doesn't get to have coverage at the exclusion of everybody else. And, and you just, get different perspectives that way. Right. Because ultimately, the, 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 world, the Omaha World Herald is a business. They are a profit-making business. And I don't necessarily think it's the University of Nebraska at Omaha or the UNO Athletic Department's job to prop up the Omaha World Herald, much in the way that I don't think it's the Omaha World Herald's job to prop up the University of Nebraska at Omaha. You know, I, I think that they're, they're two separate entities. One's a, a government-run organization, and the other is a, a privately run, or a, I guess they're a publicly traded company, but they're a newspaper. So that's my thing. I mean, I think that, you know, I think more coverage would yield better coverage. Yeah, typically. You know? And so, yeah, I saw that headline. I saw a lot of fans were talking about it, and I thought it was kind of an odd angle to take. Despite going winless, the Mavs are optimistic. And I'm thinking, I watched that series, and I'm thinking the Mavs should be very optimistic. Granted, yeah. in the in the bonus overtime and shootout period, which aren't counted in NCAA standings, yes, they lost the extra conference points to Denver. But still, that doesn't take anything away from getting the tie in those series and how big that was for the team. So I, I think the team was feeling very optimistic. And we focus on how they play and not right. just the outcome. And that's right. the other thing about that headline is it seemed too focused on the outcome of the game and not on the performance of the kids that played the game. Right. Exactly. And I think that that's, that's the struggle. for. And we've talked about, you know, some of the best coverage this year has come from a, a student at the UNO student newspaper, The Gateway, and Jordan McElpine. And he has done a fantastic job this season writing more in-depth features and doing doing coverage that's just beyond the preview and beyond right. the recap. And so, no, I'm, I'm with you on that. You Definitely writers can take a slant in the things that they write. And um, I just think if you have more voices, you're going to get 
you're going to get a yeah. more holistic type of coverage. And I think that that's something UNO is going to have to consider looking at in the future to invite more people in and uh, to get more coverage for their team. Yeah. So next weekend, Western Michigan comes to town. It's a big, big series. We've talked about. And the other big thing that's happening, I will just point out before we start talking about what we expect from the Mavericks this weekend is, is that Duluth is headed to Denver. Okay. So we've been fairly focused so far in this podcast about Western Michigan because they sit in fourth place. But Duluth is only one point ahead of them, and Duluth okay. has to go to Denver. Okay. So we talked about, you know, we could only be one point behind Western Michigan with a sweep, right? Yep. Keep in mind that it's quite possible we could be two points out of third place. That would be amazing. And we still have to play Duluth, don't we? Yes, we do. We have a series so, at Duluth. Yep. I mean, right I there, you've got six points, a six-point swing on the fence for you when you go up to Duluth. That's right. Absolutely. The next two series that we play, Western Michigan at home this coming weekend, and then the following weekend at Minnesota Duluth. So all kinds of, man, can you imagine? Can if, you imagine if in two weeks if, we're sitting in third place? If Denver sweeps Duluth, and if my biggest hockey wish this, this year <laughs> so far comes true, and we get a sweep of Western Michigan, we, we could be right there. Knocking on the door of third place at the beginning of February. And that's exactly what you want to see for this team. Because as you know, sports in their rawest form, are, are em it's, it's about emotion. And right. it's about the psychology. And it's about that motivation. If you have something to play for, you're going to perform better. And look at this. Well, They've got and a that's lot to why, play for. Like, that's why the Denver series was so much fun. Yes. Because... We were so close, and it, you were on the edge of your seat. We were. You were so excited for him. Oh, please get this goal! Or and for the first you know, time, and they, they let it in, and you're just like, oh, that no. game, that the game that they gave away in the closing seconds yeah. of the third. I I hadn't really gotten particularly emotional one way or another about a UNO game, and gosh, a long time. I think I it can't was remember the, last think, season think, ever to get no, in that way. I think I think the, the last time I really like just my heart was yeah. pounding was the Midwest regional back in 2015 when they were playing to go to the frozen four and to watch that game. I mean, I was just, I was just like, Oh man, I was just heartbroken when we lost it. But I thought, man, if these guys can just keep plugging away and keep going, they have an opportunity to do something really special. You know, we talk a lot about how the team kind of falls apart in March. And a lot of times it's because they don't have a lot to play for in March and it's yeah. hard to get motivated right at the end of the season when you don't have a lot to play for, but here they are at the end end of January and they can put themselves in a position to have a lot to play for the last, you know, last few weeks of the season. So it's very, very exciting. And I, I did not, I did not know who Denver played this week. I'm glad you, I'm glad you looked that up. So they played Duluth. So, and is that at Duluth or is that at, at uh, it's at Magnus. So, yeah. So that could be one of the best home team in the country. Absolutely. With Denver. So that'll that'll be a great series, by the way. Yeah, I'll be watching as much of those games as I can. Well, the nice thing is Western those Michigan. are the mountain time zone games. So uh I usually watch some of that when we get home from the UNO game. So so this is exciting. We've got Western Michigan uh, coming in and Western the, I mean the other thing I want to mention before yes. we start talking about yeah, the, you go the ahead. actual series is yeah. uh I, I went back and listened to 
our first podcast and said, you know, one of the one of the things I always feel is with a young team like this, right? As as another team in the conference, sure. Like I, a fifth place Maverick team is probably the most scary thing I can think of in the NCHC right now. I completely agree. They're young. Yep. They're talented, and if they're sitting in fifth place, they know they're not far off of your talent level. Yep. And everyone thinks we suck, and we can go in there and That's just. Right shock people and we've shown that we can play five on five with anybody in the country so even if we can't you know even if the chips don't fall in the right way and and we don't end up you know with two sweeps in a row and sitting in second third place or something like that you know (laughs) like even if things don't happen that way there's so much that these guys have going for them right now that i really feel like wherever we land in the the conference thing even if we're going on the road in the first series that this is a very dangerous team to be facing I in that com- first round i completely agree with that and i'm sure i i guarantee you that at least north dakota and denver are looking at the, and watching this thing maybe not so much denver but probably north dakota saying i don't know that i i want to i really hope that that you know, UNO doesn't fall into our laps. I, oh, yeah. Because they already showed agree. that they can yeah. come into our arena and give us trouble. I think if you look at the two teams that are in the bottom half of the conference right now, I think UNO and then I think uh, St. Cloud State to a certain extent, I think those two teams are the most dangerous teams looking far out to the conference playoffs, assuming those teams are still both in the bottom half of the conference at that point. I think those are both dangerous, but I think the way UNO has kind of evolved over the season makes them a very interesting team because there were so many unknown variables on this team. And and you look at a a guy like Isaiah Seville and and goaltending and defense are so huge when you get down to crunch time and when the postseason comes around. And if he can, if he can put it together on a game by game basis and continue to make some of those hellacious saves, it, it could be really, it could be a really positive sequence of events for UNO. And again, we don't uh, want to get the cart before the horse here. Yeah. We have but to take care of business. If the, if the playoffs started today, we would be, we'd be talking about the same series that we're talking about now. That's right. Except we'd be going to Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo. Yep. So this is an exciting one. And this is, this is big. This is a, this is a big series. This is as big as they get as, as exciting as it was to go up and split with North Dakota this is as big as they get this season, and this is an exciting uh, series for them. And UNO has an opportunity, like we said, to do something very special. So I got to tell you, I don't know exactly how it's going to go, but but I'm I'm feeling like I want to pick something optimistic here. I'm just telling you right now. Are you going to pick the sweeper? <laughs> I'll tell you I'll what. Go. I'm picking you go a first. split. I'll pick okay, a split. you're you're gonna pick a split. I think, I think these two teams are are closer than we might think. I think that if we can get a point out of one game and win the other, that would be. So you're looking at huge, it saying if we could get four of six points, four or five, series. yeah. I mean that would be. Look, they've they've got a num- shocker, they've got a yeah. num- they've got a number of talented players that we've been watching the last few seasons. They've got Huma Ging, Paul Washi, Dawson DiPietro, which I think is one of the best names in the conference now that Jared Lucas Savages is is gone. I mean, they're a team that they've got you know experienced goaltending. It's and they're well coached. They're well coached, and it's one of those teams that you know sometimes 
even though they've been solid the last few seasons, sometimes it feels like they fly under the radar and they, they don't get as much attention as, as, you know, Denver or Duluth or North Dakota or even St. Cloud the previous two seasons. But they're always a solid team and they're a tough team to play in Kalamazoo. And, but this is a team that, that we, last season, we matched up well with despite our struggles. So I'm going to go. And I know we only had one sweep at home and it was against Alabama Huntsville. But I think the guys have put themselves into position. They know what they need to do. This is really, really important to get this, this series taken care of before you have to travel to Duluth, which is going to be tough going up there to northern Minnesota and playing. So I'm going to say that we sweep. I'm going to say it's going to be, in many respects, kind of like Colorado College. It's going to be a series where it's kind of a shootout both games. I think it's going to be very entertaining series. I think UNO is going to get it done. I think we're going to be celebrating both nights in the in the lobby, which we haven't gotten to do for a while. I think people yeah. are going to be throwing brooms on the ice. That's what I think is going to be happening. And I think it's going to be a big weekend for Isaiah Seville. I think he's going to come up big in this important series. And I think at the end of the weekend, when the dust settles, we're going to be one point out of fourth place. And and who knows what's going to happen in that Denver Duluth series. But we're going to be one point out of fourth place going into Duluth the following weekend. Um, it should be exciting. And I know that that's an incredibly optimistic pick. But see, I'm on a roll now with sweep. So. Direction uh, I gotta go. I mean, that would be huge because the two teams behind us, Miami and St. Cloud, play each other. Yep. At Miami, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I think. And I'll tell you what, we we've gotta we've gotta take away these points from Western Michigan now because if you look the rest of the way, I think Western Michigan still plays Miami twice, once in Kalamazoo and then mm-hmm. once in Miami. And that's again, that's a series that they can probably rack up some points. And I know Miami has played stronger this season, but still, you know, we have some tough seasons, a series coming up. We still have to play North Dakota again. So again, it's, it's something that I, that I, I'm, it's maybe it's wishful thinking on my part, but I think the guys can get six points out of this series. And I think it'd be great if they made a statement, regardless of what happens the rest of the way, let's make a statement after coming off a, a, a great win out at Colorado college, and let's take care of Western Michigan and let's get people buzzing and talking and and uh, get them excited about uh, the possibilities down the stretch. So 7.30 Friday night, 7 o'clock Saturday night. Is it 7.30 Friday night? Let's look here. 7.38, yeah. Really? Why? Why Why is our game... <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, it is. 7.37 game. Oh, it's because it's on CBS Sports Network. Oh, Okay. So we're getting TV coverage to the, to the people who actually have. Don't let my dad hear that because he actually has the optional sports package on Cox so he can watch that. And he already leaves the games, you know, like after two periods anyway. So if I tell him it's on TV, <laughs> he'll leave like 15 minutes into the game. I'm like, dude, why did you drive and come out here? So he's got to stay the whole time. So that's what he's got to do. So a little bit later start on uh, on Friday night. So that'll give you guys all a chance to park and you know, get some nachos and get in your seats and uh, get ready to go. Watch the Mavs in a big series against Western Michigan at Baxter Arena this weekend. It should be great. should be a lively environment. Are you traveling this weekend? We are. Okay, where are you going this weekend? Uh, Tournaments in Waseca. We'll be staying in Oatana. 
Okay. So which, south of the Twin Cities. Which daughter is this? Lexi or Lexi, Maddie? Lexi, oldest one. Okay, yeah. so exciting tournament for Lexi. Yep. It's fun to watch her play. You'll be there. We'll be at Baxter Arena. I'll be interested to see who you're giving your seats to this weekend. Hopefully there's not a snowstorm up there. Or you guys uh, may be borrowing seats from us again. I don't I don't know what will happen on that. But, uh, mm-hmm. but regardless, okay right you now. guys have a good trip and you guys have a good yeah. time. Okay. I'll be at Baxter Arena with all the rest of y'all. Cheer loud. Be sure to follow Mavpuck on Twitter. Bridget does the game updates. She has a lot of fun with that. Uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook. Be sure to follow us on the Mavpuck website where you can find all the back episodes of this podcast. And until next time, go Mavs. Go Mavs. Go Mavs.